Chapter Four of Lucinda by Frederick Schlegel, translated by Paul Bernard Thomas in 1914. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, an idol of idleness. Quote, Behold, I am my own teacher, and a God hath planted all sorts of melodies in my soul. End quote. This I may boldly say, now that I am not talking about the joyous science of poetry, but about the godlike art of idleness. And with whom should I rather talk and think about idleness than with myself? So I spoke also in that immortal hour when my guardian genius inspired me to preach the high gospel of true joy and love. Quote, o idleness! idleness thou art the very soul of innocence and inspiration the blessed spirits do breathe thee and bless thee and blessed indeed is he who hath and cherisheth thee thou sacred jewel thou soul and only fragment of godlikeness brought forth by us from paradise when i thus communed with myself i was sitting like a pensive maiden in a thoughtless romance by the side of a brook watching the wavelets as they passed they flowed by as smooth and quiet and sentimental as if narcissus were about to see his reflection on the clear surface and become intoxicated with beautiful egoism they might also have enticed me to lose myself deeper and deeper in the inner perspective of my mind were not my nature so perpetually unselfish and practical that even my speculations never concerned themselves about anything but the general good so i fell to thinking among other things while my mind was relaxed by a comfortable laziness and my limbs by the powerful heat of the possibility of a lasting embrace i thought out ways of prolonging the time of our being together and of avoiding in the future those childishly pathetic expressions of pain over sudden parting and of finding pleasure as hitherto in the future in the comic side of fate's inevitable and unchangeable decree that separate we must and only after the power of my reason laboring over the unattainableness of my ideal broke and relaxed did i give myself over to a stream of thoughts i listened eagerly to all the motley fairy tales with which imagination and desire like irresistible sirens in my breast charmed my senses it did not occur to me to criticize the seductive illusions as ignoble although i well knew that it was for the most part a beautiful lie the soft music of the fantasy seemed to fill the gaps in my longing i gratefully observed this and resolved to repeat for us in the future by my own inventiveness that which good fortune had given me and to begin for you this poem of truth and thus the original germ of this wonderful growth of caprice and love came into being 
and just as freely as it sprouted did i intend it should grow up and run wild and never from love of order and economy shall i trim off any of its profuse abundance of superfluous leaves and shoots like a wise man of the east i had fallen into a holy lethargy and calm contemplation of the everlasting substances more especially of yours and mine greatness in repose most people say is the highest aim of plastic art and so without any distinct purpose and without any unseemly effort i thought out and bodied forth our everlasting substances in this dignified style i looked back and saw how gentle sleep overcame us in the midst of our embrace now and then one of us would open an eye smile at the sweet slumber of the other and wake up just enough to venture a jesting remark and a gentle caress but ere the wanton play thus begun was ended we would both sink back into the blissful lap of half-conscious self-forgetfulness with the greatest indignation i then thought of the bad men who would abolish sleep they have probably never slept and likewise never will why are gods gods except because they deliberately do nothing because they understand that art and are masters of it and now the poets the sages and the saints strive to be like the gods and in that respect as in others how they vie with one another in praise of solitude of leisure of liberal freedom from care and of inactivity and they are right in doing so for everything that is good and beautiful in life is already there and maintains itself by its own strength why then this vague striving and pushing forward without rest or goal can this storm and stress give form and nourishing juice to the everlasting plant of humankind that grows and fashions itself in quiet this empty restless activity is only a bad habit of the north and brings nothing but ennui for oneself and for others and with what does it begin and end except with antipathy to the world in general which is now such a common feeling inexperienced vanity does not suspect that it indicates only lack of reason and sense but regards it as a high-minded discontent with the universal ugliness of the world and of life of which it really has not yet the slightest presentiment it could not be otherwise for industry and utility are the death angels which with fiery swords prevent the return of man into paradise with a capital p only when composed and at ease in the holy calm of true passivity can one think over his entire being and get a view of life and the world how is it that we think and compose at all except by surrendering ourselves completely to the influence of some genius 
speaking and fashioning are after all only incidentals in all arts and sciences thinking and imagining are the essentials and they are only possible in a passive state to be sure it is intentional arbitrary one-sided but still a passive state the more beautiful the climate we live in the more passive we are only the italians know what it is to walk and only the orientals to recline and where do we find the human spirit more delicately and sweetly developed than in india everywhere it is the privilege of being idle that distinguishes the noble from the common it is the true principle of nobility finally where is the greater and more lasting enjoyment the greater power and will to enjoy among women whose natures we call passive or among men in whom the transition from sudden wrath to ennui is quicker than that from good to evil satisfied with the enjoyment of my existence i proposed to raise myself above all its finite and therefore contemptible aims and objects nature itself seemed to confirm me in this undertaking and as it were to exhort me in many-voiced choral songs to further idleness and now suddenly a new vision presented itself i imagined myself invisible in a theatre on one side i saw all the well-known boards lights and painted scenery on the other a vast throng of spectators a veritable ocean of curious faces and sympathetic eyes in the foreground on the right was prometheus in the act of fashioning men he was bound by a long chain and was working very fast and very hard beside him stood several monstrous fellows who were constantly whipping and goading him on there was also an abundance of glue and other materials about and he was getting fire out of a large coal pan on the other side was a figure of the deified hercules with habe in his lap on the stage in the foreground a crowd of youthful forms were laughing and running about all of whom were very happy and did not merely seem to live the youngest looked like amoretes the older ones like images of women but each one of them had his own peculiar manner and a striking originality of expression and they all bore a certain resemblance to the christian painters and poets idea of the devil one might have called them little satans one of the smallest said quote, he who does not despise cannot respect one can only do either boundlessly and good tone consists only in playing with men and so is not a certain amount of malice an essential part of harmonious culture End quote. Quote, nothing is more absurd said another than when the moralists reproach you about your egoism they are altogether wrong for what god who is not his own god can deserve respect from man you are to be sure mistaken in thinking that you have an ego 
but if in the meantime you identify it with your body your name and your property you thereby at least make ready a place for it in case by any chance an eagle should come End quote. Quote, and this prometheus you can all hold in deep reverence said one of the tallest he has made you all and is constantly making more like you End quote. and in fact just as soon as each new man is finished the devils put him down with all the rest who were looking on and immediately it was impossible to distinguish him from the others so much alike were they all Quote, the mistake he makes is his method continued the sataniscus how can one want to do nothing but fashion men those are not the right tools he has Unquote. and thereat he pointed to a rough figure of the god of the gardens capital g and capital g which stood in the back part of the stage between the amor and a very beautiful naked venus Quote, in regard to that our friend hercules had better views who could occupy fifty maidens in a single night for the welfare of humanity and all of them heroic maids too he did those labors of his too and slew many a furious monster but the goal of his career was always a noble leisure and for that reason he has gained entrance to olympus not so however with this prometheus the inventor of education and enlightenment to him you owe it that you can never be quiet and are always on the move hence it is also when you have absolutely nothing to do that you foolishly aspire to develop character and observe and study one another it is a vile business but prometheus for having misled man to toil now has to toil himself whether he wants to or not he will soon get very tired of it and never again will he be freed from his chains End quote. when the spectators heard this they broke out into tears and jumped upon the stage to assure their father of their heartfelt sympathy and thus the allegorical comedy vanished end of chapter four an idol of idleness